I'd like to welcome everybody to a somber basement studio in Kensington, Maryland. Oh, yeah. I'm Ken Marangolo, joined by Kevin Ricca. Man, I've been shoveling redskin stuff and snow yeah. oh, all day, man. Tim Strachan is remote this evening. He will be joining us for the, our weekly DC mess around. Slopes are at their finest, brother. They are at their finest. They sure are at their finest. I think technically for him calling in for our, our DC Mess Around show, I think that keeps us from incurring or uh, any obligation to tear it down until 4 in the morning trying to, to record a, something special just for him, which is a, a show tradition to anyone who doesn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, we, we failed at that last time. I, I failed at we that last time. Yeah. We didn't fail. Some people, you know... Well, he deserves it. He deserves it, and uh, we'll make that decision in an hour or two. All right, all right. Now, this is off season on the brink uh, time for the Audible, and we want to say thank you and hello to all of our Hogshaven uh, family members. And we're joined by a very prominent one of them, as well as being a writer on the site. He also is a you know kind of a I'd say a rabble rouser of sorts. I mean, I don't know how much rabble rousing, how much rabble you can rouse wearing jorts and Crocs. A voice of our nation. He's a voice of our nation. He's he's Chris Hess. He's he's I hate Dallas. What's up, man? Ah, oh, it's it's a uh, it's it's a cold spring. I think uh, the Redskins have ushered in this this snow. I don't think it's metaphorical. It's uh, winter is coming early. Mm. That's how I'm doing. And, the, and, and dark. 20 more years of winter <clears throat> scenario? 20 more years of winter. Yes, a, a lifetime. All right, so that, you know, that establishes a little bit of cheeriness at the top of the show, which we always like to do. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the, the thing that bothers me the most about what tonight's show is ultimately going to be all about is that it's free agency, for for God's sake. This is our favorite time of year, and it's ru- ruined. It's ruined. Uh, and it just pisses me off that we had that taken away from us. Because I do think that the additions that have been made are meaningful and could, could you know, make us more competitive and all that crap. Um, but you can't even think about that right now because of... Or you're, or, or you. It's not that you can't think about. It. It's like when you try to think about it, you remember that you're thinking about the Redskins and what they have done on a consistent basis. Now, I mean, Chris, Kevin, and I were talking about this. Um, this is 20 years now. There's no get being caught by surprise uh, when it comes to how stupid things can get around here. Right, and and it's. What hurts about this one is that it's not like it was just a continuation of stupidity that they actually tricked me this time and and made us all think, okay, wait a minute. We got a GM. We won nine games. They're on the right path. You know, the season didn't end last year how you wanted it to, but – Nonetheless, we were definitely not the laughing stock of the league. And no. uh and then it just all of a sudden out of nowhere just just blows up. I mean, it's like it, and that's it, it just caught everybody by surprise. 
like all of a sudden we, we kind of go into the months of January thinking, all right, cool. We're going to go ahead and fix the defense. We'll probably sign Kirk long-term, you know, we'll get this thing rolling. And then you hear about Scott getting muzzled and not going to the combine. You're like, okay, this is bad. What's going on? And then it just snowballs into a, a, just a, a, a cloud of nonsense that's, that's overtaken us. And like, even, even the Terrell prior signing, which I, I think he's going to be a beast. Like you can't even really, you can't even really get happy about it. Cause it's like, when's the other shoe going to drop? You know, we're, we're being pulled in 100 different directions with our ass hanging out in public as fans. <laughs> right. I, I haven't forgotten about free agency, but like I said, I'm just being yanked uh, all across the play. I have no idea where to go. Such a roller coaster ride of emotions. Right. It's, I mean, and, and it is a roller coaster <clears throat> ride of emotions. Well, but it, I think, uh, uh, well, I was going to say Skins, New Jersey, uh, mm-hmm. Gregory, he, he kind of, I think, makes a really good point. And he's been saying that, look, if they, if they sign Kirk long term, then there's a chance that the product, at least on the field next year, probably won't be that much different than what we've seen the past couple of years. And I think there's something to that. I'll take with, the product for the last two years all, all day. Are you okay? Right, right. Hey, are you all right, man? Has there been an injury? Is, do we have to call OSHA? We don't have insurance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're neither licensed nor bonded. Be careful what but, you uh, blog, yeah, podcast, I mean, and do at the same time. But go ahead. We what? But, but yeah, I think, uh, I think if they were to sign him long-term, at least it would give us some feeling of okay, this, this uh, dumpster fire's got a, a little bit of water thrown on it, you know? Yeah, it was nice hearing him say that today, that he, I did not demand a trade. You know, I, I, that's, that makes it a little more uh, positive and bright for us. Or, or <laughs> they're just fattening frogs for snakes over there yeah. in Ashburn, and uh, we're about to get <laughs> swallowed whole. Anything could happen between now and the draft. And, the, and the, the, the only real good thing about this whole debacle over the last week since, since last we spoke um, is that it has – it's kind of pushed Kirk off, the, off the, the top of the page. Although, as I've been saying all along, you know, the Kirk issue was ultimately the, you know, the driving force between, you know, this whole schism. Uh, whether we find out who thought what or not, um, clearly – Dan and Bruce thought one thing, and McLovin thought another thing. Um, and that's, again, self-inflicted um, at the end of the day because I, I just think a lot of reasonable people would have offered Kirk uh, a contract he would have accepted that would have prevented all of this from happening. And the firing of McLovin, to me, is so... Listen, I had a chance to interview Dan Snyder in 2010, and I got a chance to ask him about the whole Norv Turner, Charlie Casserly issue that he uh, had to deal with when he bought the team. And um, he ultimately had to make a choice, keep one or, and fire the other, and he chose to keep Norv and, and get rid of Charlie. And that's oversimplifying it to some extent, but that was the decision that was made. Um, and, you know, even to the 
to the, I believe Charlie Cashley, you know, said something like, you know, you're making a huge mistake. And Dan Snyder said something like, you know, if that's true, you know, I'll be the first person to call and tell you that. And I got the impression, I think he led me to believe that it did happen. He did call and tell Charlie Cashley, Cashley that. Um, he, he seemed to really own up to, hey, listen, I, I made the wrong choice for this organization. He did it again when he couldn't stop his bromance relationship with Vinny Serrato uh, and couldn't choose Marty Schottenheimer over him. Did you see him in Kindergarten Ninja? I did. It was amazing. Yeah. He, he listened. <laughs> he brings a lot to the table. Uh, Vinny does. Um, but he chose between Vinny and, and Marty, and that was, a, that was a choice. The only coach to ever have been hired by Dan Snyder at that point to, to not have a losing record. He was 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, and then, you know, other times between then and now, but, but really the big, the big ones now where, where you have a decision, once again, um, between two men. And I'm not saying it's a perfect choice. I'm not saying there's one, you know, obvious, you know, winner. But I think with the lessons that Dan Snyder has learned and the manner in which he's run this organization and the, the kind of people he, – he threw out a great talent evaluator in Charlie Casserly – um, he threw out uh, a great franchise stabilizer in Marty Schottenheimer for a non-talent evaluator in Vinny Serrato. He has a, a non-talent evaluator executive, Bruce Allen, um, and he had a guy who I thought proved over two years that he was, in fact, kind of knowing what he was doing in building this roster with a, with a philosophy and an, and an approach um, throughout the year, throughout the, the 365-day year. You know, this, the, he brings in people to work out. He was bringing people in to work out all the time. D- don't skip over Bruce uh, costing us $36 million with the I-4 exit ramp strategy and then getting named president within months. Yeah. Awarded that title. Don't forget that part because, you know, the, the, the most reasonable conversations I've had in town have to do with all this, but we all know where it starts from. This is, this is it's, it's just atrocious. But we officially have, as a Redskins fan base, we officially have... Um, the red Dan Snyder's answer to Vinny Serrato. And so my first question on this topic is to you, Chris. Which was the worst couple? Dan Snyder and Vinny Serrato or Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen? Dan and Bruce. And it's not close. All right. Give it to me. Why? I mean, I mean so, and, and I, I saw this on Twitter the other day, that under Serrato, the Redskins had like a 0. 0.429, 0. 0.459 winning percentage. Under Bruce Allen, it's closer to like 0. 0.3 something. And there's just been, you know, Bruce does a this really is true. good yes. job. Yes. That shocked of, the hell out of me, by of, the way, when I did it last night. It, it shocked me. That fact right. shocked me. Vinny's the butt of all these jokes for years. Vinny's been the butt of all these jokes. Our new guy's doing it worse. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. What yeah, was the total? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And, well, well, I think what Bruce does a great job of, and, and this is really where he's so slimy, and I think this year Picnics. it's going to come back to haunt him. So he, he came in when Zorn was being fired, and he kind of labeled himself as the adult, the general manager. We're, we're going to get the nonsense out of D.C. Okay, fine. He hired Shanahan. Well, when everything with RG3 and Shanahan went to hell in the handbasket, he was kind of able to say, well, you know, Mike Shanahan was really running the team, you know, and then he had this press conference and said, okay, well, 
for 2014, I'm making all the decisions, I'm doing the drafting, it's on me. Well, 2014 was a bad year. Then he brings in Scott McLuhan. Scott's obviously gone now. And I don't think Bruce is left with anyone else to kind of hand the bag to. It's It will all fall on him. If it goes badly this year, he's got to go. I, I don't that think already the, left the choice. I mean, the promotion to me, the promotion was the kiss of death in, in a Snyder-led organization. That was the Vinny Serrato move. He, he got promoted and became whatever he is now, you know, overlord of uh, alumni association days and whatever. I mean, I, he's when he was golf promoted, yeah, golf, golf tournaments. To me, that was like, okay, guess what? Now you don't f up because if you do, you're gone. I, I, I think he's getting he's getting the a longer life uh, than Vinny, um, which I didn't ever thought was possible. I, I can't I can't stand it. Both of uh, both of Danny's right hand jobbers have just driven us crazy. But I can't imagine looking at the numbers that the percentage winning wise would be worse. And so then I started getting into it, and I was thinking, good lord, I, I take. I take Serato as a, as a better play all day. So yes, I agree. What's total games? Who has more games? Well, Serato still has more, including, right? Yes, uh, 149 to 113. Yeah. So Serato went 70 and 79. You know, you would imagine he would have gone 30 and 200 by the way we talk about him. Yeah. And uh, Bruce Allen with with McLuhan, 46, 66 and one. By the way, Godspeed, McLovin, and I, yeah, I wish yeah, you the yeah. best, but. Then you look at it, and Bruce Allen was a punter from Richmond. We're talking about an Iowa State quarterback wide receiver. You know, you go back and think about Kindergarten Ninja. Bruce Allen's way slimier and creepier, but I, whenever I think about Serato, when he accidentally cut uh, Chad Dukes, not knowing that Trey Johnson didn't count on the roster spot, snuck out the side door, sprinted into the parking lot, and sped out of the facility, that's one of the coolest moves. I mean, oh, that's... Yes. I mean... That is one of the coolest things I have ever he just heard. Just ran away. He just said, "You know what, Monty Python style." Uh, I am, I am, I am done. I got to get out of here. Uh, well, I, I, I don't know if that beats uh, having a press conference at the end of 2014, <laughs> and you tell everyone that we're quote winning off the field. That is absolutely written down directly next to that story I just told. Because how the hell? Uh, uh, that was a harbinger. Can I say it right. It, here's here's the thing about like the way the NFL works. Like the the best teams in the world, they can forge these owner GM relationships. The best ones out there, um, obviously, do, that's what you aspire to. Um, but you don't force terrible ones and, and hope that they'll just be great someday. I thought that was happening with Vinny. I never thought, you know, if you would have cut Bruce off, even if you cut Bruce off now, you could make the argument that he was he did he he. He did a good job because you could have said he was the one who was responsible for bringing McLovin here. He was the one responsible for listening, you know, to him. Um, him and Eric uh, Schaefer do a great job on the cap. Um, they, they, you know, staying staying in those lanes would have really worked f- for the legacy of you know a lot of people. And when it went south, and apparently it went south, you know, in, you know, indoors quite some time ago. Um, the leadership that you're looking from. F- Four from from the steward, if you will. I, I like to call Dan Snyder the steward because uh, that's all he is. If he, you know, he's got to say this. This ain't it. Uh, we've seen this movie before. At this point in time, Dan Snyder has seen this movie before because he's directed and produced this movie before. If he really wants to freaking win, 
With Tom Cruise sitting on his shoulders. With Tom Cruise yeah. sitting on his effing shoulders. Uh, I mean, so, Chris, Dan Snyder has done it to us again. I mean, he just did it to us. Uh, we can't act like we never knew it was possible <laughs> that it would happen again. Um, but we want to be Redskins fans. I mean, we want to root for a football team. I'm not changing my team. I'm not, deci- I'm not just going to not root for the Redskins anymore. I mean, how are you handling all of this? Because I-, I felt like this is a pretty well, solid I, gut punch, as Kevin said. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not leaving, you know, like I'm, we're, we're, we're all, we all have brutalized fan syndrome where, you know, they, they, they beat us up and then they call us the next day and talk sweet to us and we come running back and I will every single time, but it, it, it does become difficult to give much more than the bare minimum to the team. I'll watch them on TV. You know, I'll write a few words here and there on Hogs Haven. But, you know, everybody from, you know, my father to every other Redskin fan, at least that I know personally, has said the same thing. Season tickets, we're done. Going to the stadium, we're done. Buying jerseys, we're done. Anything that puts money directly into Dan Snyder's pocket, we're done. Now, obviously, you know, TV deals are really the moneymaker and, you know, season tickets and all that. Maybe that doesn't play into to, to such a huge role into, into his thinking. But that being said, it's, you know, it, how much more protest can we do as fans that we haven't already done? No, we have to disassociate. I, yeah. I don't know. We have to disassociate Daniel Snyder from the Redskins. I, I've, I've never really just thought the owner had so much. It obviously, it was a tough, but we, I love the team so much, always have. Same love since I was you know, old enough to love them. Uh, I, I focus on that. And, uh, you know, it's easy for me sometimes in the real world to just look something and then just disassociate it. There's a place, I compartmentalize, I think. You got to compartmentalize. And I think I've, I've been lucky enough to do that. But sitting here watching him, you know, you're down in Carolina, we're up here. In, uh, in, in snowy Kensington, and only about two or three miles away from where we're sitting right now, Chris, is where uh, old Danny Boy went to high school. And I've got a conspiracy theory that at old Woodward High School, he was walking around his normal charming self. I'm sure he was oh. a peach, uh, just a gem of a guy in high school. I'm sure everyone loved And him. I think there's got to be a group of guys with Redskins shirts on that just, you know, wedgie, pants, and swirled him into oblivion, and he decided he was going to ruin this franchise at that point, and he's done it from the inside out. <laughs> He's really worked this thing from the inside out. I think, really this, I think, I think there's, this is the only explanation I can have because uh, these two guys that he puts as his right-hand yes-men, uh, I, I, I can't, you, you can't defend what happened. I mean, the previous 18 years before Dan Snyder, we were 16-5 and five in the playoffs. And his 18 years as the owner were 2-5 and five in the playoffs. Oh, the, the previous record also includes three Super Bowl championships. Yeah. That he supposedly was such a huge fan. I think he's totally blowing smoke. I think this guy has crept in to the inside. He's infiltrated Redskins Nation, and he's the, he's the, he, I think there needs to be a coup. You know, I'm sure there's a couple well, guys. Well, on that, I think a lot of people would agree on the coup, coup side. Yeah. Um, well, you, you, where, where does the coup come from? I mean, you're, you know, they've, they've obviously got, uh, you know, uh, Fred Smith and uh, some, some other who are what minority owners? Oh yeah, they got a powerful, powerful group of the sort. 
Yep. Right, right. This is a powerful group. I, I mean, it. obviously the Redskins are still making money. So, you know, do those guys even look at the win-loss record? I mean, does it matter if the Redskins are – 15 and one or one in 15. Does that even factor into their thinking? Right. No, or, they make or, money. Or no, they, they make money right. no matter what. Trust me. They're, they're, it's, there's no financial right, right. disincentive and, for being a, a D bag, uh, um, decision maker. There's zero downside. These guys print money all day. Who is the worst bad guy, gangster, notorious underworld, you know, character, Al Davis, who's also the biggest Redskin fan. Oh. I mean, can we sit down with him and we figure something oh, out? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, maybe. I'm just maybe, saying. Maybe. Well, saying. I mean, I, well, I don't want anyone to get harmed one, one physically. I'm talking intimidation tactics, you know, like on the it. record. Either way, well, I like one, it. This one is one of the record. richest Redskins fans that I know of on Twitter the other day, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr., who's a <laughs> prominent vocal Redskins fan. I mean, he tweeted out something like, I, I plan on outliving this horse shit carousel. Horse shit and, carousel. Yeah, amazing. Right. We need and, a third. We need is, another DC team, you know, we, and we need a, a finance financing led by Dale. Um, he's gonna be one of the main minority owners of the new Washington team. We're gonna have two teams in this market. And he's such a positive guy too. If you follow him on Twitter, he's he's, he's he reminds me a little bit of us at this poker table right yeah. here. Ken, yeah. there's a lot of positivity coming out of him. And like you said, we we've had enough. And as fans, we can't take it anymore. Uh, my theory suggests that we digest this, we react as negative. Uh, I'm not calling anyone out for whining, which I'm, I've done in years past. Yeah. I have. There's nothing to whine. This is disgusting. We have to deal with the the McLovin exit. Yeah. One way and one way only. But. Let's get out of our systems. Let's refocus. And well, and, and, and I think I think Snyder's problem ultimately is this. I, I do think that he thinks at all times that he is the smartest guy in the room. Oh, he does. And 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 I think what and this is just a, a theory I have, but I think what ultimately led to McLuhan getting the axe had nothing to do with drinking, had nothing to do with any of that. Nope. I think his personality probably clashed a little bit with Bruce and Dan, and they looked at some of his draft picks. And they were like, well, you know, Brandon Shura, anybody could draft him. We could have taken Leonard Williams. They, they look at Dotson. All right, well, he was hurt. But I don't think they focus on the little things that he did. Like, for instance, cutting David Amerson after, what, week two of the 2015 season and bringing in, like, Will Blackman. Or Will Blackman was, was a huge sign. Right, and, and he says, you know, and, and he, he really does have people working on a merit system because under McLuhan, if you were not performing, they would go and find someone who would do the job, yeah. whether they were sitting on the street or, or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I read a story that there've been so many out in the past two weeks or so, but they said McLuhan and Bruce Allen had a disagreement in 2015 over whether or not to keep, uh, Corey Lichtensteiger and yep. Kedrick Golston. Ryan Grant or some, right, right, right. Kedrick Golston and Ryan Grant were also regular, you know, sources of, uh, friction, I think, but 
you know, you're right. They, they, right. There was disagreement and, there. There should have been one guy who had the, uh, the – Bruce Allen told us that the, that decision would come down on, on Scott's side, and as it turned out, it came down on Bruce's side. Yeah, it did. And, you know, Scott was right. You know, there was a better center option on the team. Spencer Long. Um, Ryan Grant, you know, he, he was, he's a fifth round draft pick, but really he's, he's a scrub. You know, if, if he's cut from the team tomorrow, we're not going to miss anything. Um, but I think, I think the way he built the team, the merit system, he came in and said, look, Kirk Cousins has to play quarterback. RG three is just not going to get it done. They're going to miss that. I mean, obviously, Bruce in 2014 drafted Moses and Breland and some other good players, and that's wonderful. But that that's not the same as building a team of 53 based on who's giving the most effort, who is you know going to give you 100 percent, all those other things. That I think McLuhan really keyed in on that that they just don't see. That's what I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss that every GM in town on Monday morning is waiting for our practice squad list to come out to, for, for poaching purposes. Like like every fan in Skins Nation sits around on Mondays waiting for Ken. Someone's got a six-pack of the Mondays to come out. It, it's ridiculous. This is what I'm going to miss. People were coming to us to find out how to figure out their situation yep. and letting him do all the work. Well, So with regard, to, with regard to McLovin, the McLovin era being over, it's over. It sucks, but it's true. It's over. Farewell, kind sir. Um, I one positive spin aspect to it that I think is plausible and possible um, is that in the same kind of news cycle uh, area, you know, we get the extension from Snyder on Gruden, and we get the uh, axing of McLovin, and it, you know, one. Other way for a franchise to go that's like, you know, the, only the best ones can pull off is a very powerful head coach, CEO level head coach um, who is ultimately making a lot of the decisions um, on a, from, from a personnel standpoint and, and uh, essentially is in charge of your on-the-field product. Uh, we did just extend a head coach for the first time ever, and, and it's a guy that we all like. Um, I know. I know that when I say we all, I mean I think uh, Kevin and I at the table, and I think you, you, you as well, Chris. Um, I think this guy is great. I think he's he's exactly the kind of coach that you would love to grow with over time, over a long period of time. Um, you know, it's unfair ever to to drop the words like Belichick uh, when when trying. You know, but when you think about what you want to aim for, when you, and you think about a model to try and emulate. Um, it's that kind of a powerful head coach who dominates one side of the ball with his innovation and thought for, for Jay would be on offense. Obviously, it's different for uh, for Bill. Um, but Jay Gruden could be that guy. Jay Gruden could become a very powerful, influential figure in our organization. That could be a good thing. He's not old, and, and his offense is, is tried and true. There's something to be said for that. And, and I think... I, I think he needs to throw his weight around, um, you know, especially at least when it comes to Kirk. I think he needs to say, look, guys, yeah, I, I can draw up an offense. I can do this and that, but let's not get cute because this quarterback is, 
I, I'm good at, at, at X's and O's, but it's just not that that's making this guy throw for nearly 5,000 yards. He's got talent. Cut him a check. If you want us to win games, because he can, he'll win you eight or nine games just on offense alone. I mean, defense gave us nothing the past two years. Nothing. Nothing. We had and nothing. He still won eight or nine games. But, but, but just, we got nothing. Just so we're all clear, here's a memo to the Redskins PR department. Uh, free of charge. Play up Jay Gruden. That's what that's the, that that's the card that you're holding right now in your hand. You know, tell us as a Redskins fan base that you're super comfortable going forward, uh, getting your personnel direction from Jay Gruden. And if I'm not mistaken, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Bruce Allen have this uh, uh, agreement with a different Gruden brother uh, in Tampa Bay, and it wasn't. Uh, and you know we could all argue how that went as well, but um, I, I I think if they if they looked us in the eye and they said, hey, listen, it wasn't working between Bruce and McLovin, and we're all going to hate him for for that. But if they also say in the same breath, we want to move forward with Jay Gruden as more of a coach GM guy, you know, he's buying the groceries and he's and he's cooking dinner, kind of a situation. Um, that. That he's not buying the groceries and cooking dinner. I don't think we want him to buy the groceries. I think he's a fantastic cooker. Between him and Bruce Allen, dinner. if I'd rather Jay buy the groceries than Bruce Allen, maybe. But that's just a detriment of Bruce. Yeah. So he's, go, he's going he's to Bed Bath and Beyond. Allen. That's not a that's not a like way to go. Like, hey, can you <laughs> way to go. Pick us some from fresh produce and some. Jay some doesn't want to do that. I mean, I think that when McVeigh left, all we read about was you know so organized, so organized, so organized. Jay was. Well, McVeigh was so organized, and when we've seen a lot of that, I don't care about that. As long as he's not also buying the groceries, <laughs> that would be that would be tough. Yeah, but there's no way. But as an evaluator, don't get me wrong. I'm talking about yeah. him on the day to day. When he sits down in front of that TV, no, no, I have your back on that. They're using no, no doubt about it. They're using um, no doubt about McLovin's that. draft board apparently still. So that I'm, I'm okay with that. And, but and they've battled back and forth because Jay's right there on personnel. But Absolutely. he's not the guy that's going to do the interviews and do the sit downs and have the, you know, he, he's not that guy. But and he's I'm got okay his in front Bruce of that team. That. That's, that, right. that should be Bruce. Perfect. You know, if people stay Perfect. in their lanes. I'm good with that setup. Uh, so, so, Chris, listen, as far as I'm concerned, Dan Snyder just pulled like a Kobe Bryant on us, you know, getting caught red handed in a, in a Denver resort. Um, you know, while he's happily, you know, married at home and, and I guess what I'm trying to say here, Chris, is that Dan Snyder owes us a Kobe ring. Don't you think? Don't you think we deserve a Kobe ring for, for what we've had to go through as a fan base? Yes. And and he's got the Kobe ring sitting right there. What is it? His name's Kirk Cousins. That's, oh, that's Kobe ring. Would, Kirk would love this yeah, comparison if, if, immensely. <laughs> yeah. If, if they just – because that's what worries me the most. I mean, honestly, you know – McLuhan is great, but but at the end of the day, you know he he's not out there on the field throwing passes or tackling people or doing any of that. It's a great Kobe. Our ring. best player, the player who far and beyond anyone else has a direct control over wins and losses, is kind of hanging out in limbo right now, and we don't know. There's a report that will he be traded to Cleveland? I mean, this it's garbage. Just. Sign him, like suck it up, give him twenty five million dollars a year, and call it a day. That Have is a for that's the Kobe ring. Years. 
I okay, so I I'll, I throw out one. Um, Kirk Cousins is a great Kobe ring because it fits the bill. Uh, he, it, he, he have to throw some mad money. Uh, oh, precious. All you know, eight carat purple diamond, whatever the hell that thing was. Don't let him negotiate. It's four million. Don't let Kirk in on the negotiations. It's four yeah, million. The Kobe ring was four million <laughs> bucks, but but uh, it, it was it's just a ridiculous um, situation. I think Kirk Cousins is a great Kobe ring. Uh, and I and I would take it, and we'd be good. I would say, even though we have no reason to believe that anything about this is true at this moment, I think Mike, Mike Mayock would also be a Kobe ring type type of move, and I would love it. I if we if he became our director of personnel, uh, I, I love Mike Mayock. I know some people are like, who the hell is he? Why do I give a crap who Mike Mayock is? And you know, why should he get his chance to pick players on our watch? Um, I'll answer that question that I just asked to, 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 to everybody because no one who has any real skill or talent and, and can really make a living doing this wants to come here right now, A. And B, I, I, I love the guy. I think if, you, if you've been paying attention you know, for the last 10 years when he's been an analyst on NFL Network, the guy knows everything. Um, and, but he's more than just like a guy who just remembers what a guy, you know, what sophomore year was like for this seventh round pick in high school. He, he, he knows that he knows what football players are supposed to look like. Um, I would want him deciding who gets to be on our roster. I think our team would, would be awesome. It's, it would be the Kobe ring of Kobe rings in my opinion, because I I don't think it's within our grasp. I don't think he, he would, he, he, he would come here and work with Dan Snyder, but if he did, that's a Kobe ring. It's an extremely innovative pick, and I think the whole world's going to say, who the hell do the Redskins think they are making these innovative choices at that position? Mm-hmm. And why would anyone ever trust that? And so why would he ever do that? But that guy, you know, he seems like the type of guy to accept a challenge. And if his role is to watch football players play football, yeah. he's pretty damn good at it. My guess is he doesn't want to he's not going to want to come in and be the president of an organization necessarily. Uh, he's, he's a guy who absolutely just wants to be a director of personnel. Yeah. We got Bruce Allen for all those appearances and handshakes and Apparently. picnics and golf tournaments. Well, we got I, that guy. I, I, I would rather go in the Mark Tyler direction. And which is what this is the reason, you know, he, he, he wrote that long article saying, Oh yeah. You know, he wants Doug Williams yeah, well that, to be the team president. That's a scorched earth General get rid Manning. of Bruce Allen uh, world. So if we get rid of Bruce Allen, because he, right. wants, he wants Doug as our president of the team. We certainly but, could but use a touch of class. Just, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think it's just about, about being the president of the team or, or ousting Bruce Allen. I think with Doug Williams and, and what separates him from Mike Mayock is that he understands the politics. He understands how to navigate this working environment. From everything I've read, everything I've heard, I've worked for a boss much like Dan Snyder. And it is, it's like walking on eggshells. As hot or hotter? Um, do what? <laughs> I mean, hotter than Dan Snyder or not as hot as Dan Snyder? Hotter than Dan Snyder. Good for him. Go ahead, keep but, going. You know, you know, half half the job is is navigating <laughs> emotions while still doing your job, and 
an, an outsider like like McLuhan. I mean, he came in, he took the job, but seemingly, and and this is just my guess, but he probably had no clue as how to navigate the politics of it. That's what keeps Bruce Allen around. Doug Williams has been in the building forever. Scott Campbell has been in there forever. Yeah. Alex Santos has been in there forever. So they know, those guys know how to voice their opinion, how to say, look, you need to pick this player and do it without, for lack of a better word, pissing the boss off. And I think Doug Williams is that guy because somebody who's coming in there and and they don't know him, I think upper management is going to look at him like, uh, who's this guy? We don't trust him. And, and there could be a clashing of personalities because I think with the Redskins to work, you are going to have to have someone, like it or not, who can who can make Dan Snyder feel good. You know, they're going to have to do their job on the football field side of it, and also do their job on the boardroom side of it. Well, Bruce that's Allen, a thing to do. Bruce Allen is definitely our liaison of Northern Virginia Stadium authorities and handshakes and discussions and grimy ass stuff. Does Doug Williams have to? take that over is the question because Bruce is heavily invested in this whole process that's about to go down. How the hell can they let him go? Well, yeah, he, He's a made man well, and, in a way that Vinny wasn't. He's been greasing palms well, for as long as possible. That, yep. Across the river. Well, I think the thing with Bruce is just, you know, look, he's, he's being rewarded handsomely for his efforts with the Redskins. He's a handsome man. If Dan Snyder went to him. He's all right. I, he is. I, I'll give it to him. He's got great hair. Great hair. Dash but if Dan Snyder and and their their board of minority owners went to Bruce and said, "Look, we are catching a PR nightmare. We do not want to get rid of you, but you are going to have to take a, a, a different role, less public role." In this team, we owe them a Kobe ring. Look, you used to use the words Kobe ring when you talk to right, Bruce. Right. Tell him that, right? Any right. chance and of a Game like, of Thrones penance look. for these two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, and and you know, old. If if I had my way, you know, Bruce Allen would be tarred and feathered in you know Dupont Circle for everybody to see. But well, that's pretty. Hey, that's just not going to happen. So that's pretty harsh. You know, uh, oh. Oh, I'd, I'd be the first one there recording it and screaming world star. But, you know, that's just not going to happen. So I think something has to happen where somebody can come in, not only navigate politics, but navigate the football field stuff. And, and it's a tough job because I don't think I don't think a pure football person is ever going to come in here again. And that's what hurt so bad about McLuhan getting fired is that when they did that, it kind of put – this this thing out, this feeling out that yeah. that's it. We are done. We tried doing it the right way, and they could only hold on for two years. Nobody is ever going to come and save us again until and, he's gone. I mean, if Jay Gruden, unless Jay Gruden does well, if Jay Gruden does well, a, a general manager will get somebody because, um, again, I'm pinning my hopes at this moment in time to Jay Gruden doing well because – he could really grow in in stature and influence in a, in an organization, that, and it could be ours if he wins. Because here's here's the thing, and I I wanted to transition this way uh, to, to to wrap us out. But 
I think this team is, is going to be competitive. I mean, I, I don't want to be the guy. I don't think it's time or appropriate just quite yet to extol the virtues of DJ Swearinger um, or, 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 or McLean, for that matter. But, but I think that... Big Stacy. Let's not forget. Yeah, they, we are, they, are better, they are better than some of the guys that we, we've had. Uh, it will be an interesting preseason, an interesting training camp. We still have ten draft picks, five in the first four rounds. I mean, we're, we still have Josh Jackson. You know, another another reason why you get rid of McLovin today and not tomorrow is because, you know, it says here that Josh Jackson's going to have a kick-ass twenty seventeen. He's he's going to be you know he's going to have a six four receiver uh, on the other side of him somewhere, drawing a lot of attention, and and he's going to be healthy. So. I'm a little confused as as what what's going to happen to Sewer Cravens, but I think Kendall Fuller's going to have a good year. Man, everyone's got us zero uh, sixteen scoring zero touchdowns and losing a hundred to nothing. We're, we're, what what kills us is we're right there on the cusp, and we thought this was the the, the, the year to to jump. Yeah, and and instead of a possible jump, there's a possible seven and nine. I don't think there's a four and twelve sitting out there. Oh, there's not a four and twelve sitting out there. We're playing, we're playing a third place schedule. We're, I, 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 well, I, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, because I got a higher well, prediction I, than that. I, I think, the, I think the football, I think the football field side of it will be okay this year. But I do think it all depends on Kirk Cousins. Well, it all depends on like, Kirk Cousins, it, exactly, Chris, because he's he's a franchise quarterback. My whole argument about next season rests exactly on that, Chris. That we, that everyone's going to wake up if they haven't woken up yet. That they're going to wake up to the fact. You know what? Let me, it's like we got to pause. We got taps playing in the background. I couldn't resist. This is the McLovin farewell <laughs> mixtape. Um, taps did come on, and that's what, like it's not a train derailment. It's a train. It's a take, a take the train needs to take a timeout. This is yeah, silence. Respect the moment. Thank you, Mister McLovin. Hail to the Redskins. I mean, I'm not going to, you're not going to let that one slide. That's what this show is all about. And I think getting back to the point about Kirk Cousins, and that is, he's awesome. We're paying $24 million for a guy that's worth more. Oh, still, we're still underpaying for a quarterback whose talents haven't yet been realized. He's, he's, he's getting better. Uh, you know, this situation is driving us straight dead ahead into a third franchise tag. He's going to prove how good he is. Everyone's going to. Everyone's been talking about, it, especially T. T. This is dedicated to you. Everyone's talking about Kirk Cousins not delivering. I think what, what's going to happen in 2017 is he's going to be the best player on the field, and he's going to be responsible for three or four wins by himself. And an improved defense is going to be worth two or three or four wins by by itself. And you're, I think you're looking at a, a team that's capable of surprise, surprising some people. Um, and being in playoff contention at the, late in the game, and it's going to be all because of Kirk making those plays, not throwing the interception, you know, to the Atlanta Falcons uh, in, in the, on that last play of the game, you know, disaster, not not hitting uh, the, the, the interception against the Cowboys at home, which was a difference maker in the game. I think you're looking at plays that he's just going to start making because he's that good. He's, he's been paid that way, and he knows it. Yeah, that confidence level's got to be through hey, the roof. Hey, he. He is that good. I'm, I, mean, I agree. He is that good. You know, even in that Cowboys game. I've seen it. 
even in that Cowboys game, after the interception, we were still up. Yep, and we yep. would have won that game had we not allowed Alfred Morris and the Cowboys to go 80 yards down the field on us. That's right. And Get the go-ahead touchdown. Well, and Kirk missed Jamison um, on that on that wide-open touchdown. That was that was that's a bad play on him, and and he wears that. But those those are the kinds of plays I believe he'll be making on a consistent basis in 2017. Yeah, when he's like I already played under this oh, yeah. stuff last oh, yeah. but, year. I, I know mean, how this goes. All right, I'm going to do what I did. But yeah, I mean the 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 second Cowboys game of the year on Thanksgiving. I mean, it it, it felt like every pass he threw was a 30 yarder to somebody out there. I, I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. I, I don't think I've ever seen if, if we would have won that game, they would have looked at Kirk cousins. Like that would have been, it would have overtaken RG three 2012 performance for like the greatest Redskins quarterback performance on a Thanksgiving game. Cause he was just tossing it all over the place. But I, I think what Bruce Allen could do, to at least save a little bit of face because that story came out about, Oh, uh, Kirk cousins won't negotiate a deal as long as Bruce Allen is team president, which I love. They went ahead and signed him. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I think that was great. I, I, because in the eyes of the fans, you know, anybody who is on the fence about whose side to take is, is Kirk being unreasonable or is the team being unreasonable. Kirk just took all the good faith and put it on his side. Oh, yeah. But I think if they came to an agreement and Bruce, you know, had a press conference and is shaking his hand and doing all that and they're smiling and whatever, I think a lot of this bad blood goes away, at least for a little bit, you know? And and if the Redskins go 11-5, and five, we're not even talking about this next year. Well, we will be talking about next year because um, we'll be talking about the, the – a promise of paying a guy for the first time ever thirty-four point whatever million dollars um, on a guaranteed one-year contract. It's going to be awesome. I, I, I people, people are just aren't waking up to this fact of life. No, they're trying to, to embrace transition, but they're not oh. embracing. I, 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 I hope that we sign him to a long-term contract too, Chris. I, I want to wake up to that news tomorrow, um, and I think that would Wouldn't be a great be Kobe something? ring. Uh, and and it's and it's possible I, if if Dan Snyder does in fact w- want to give us that Kobe ring, which he should want to, that's a great one, Chris. Um, but you know, I just I just look at what's happening on the field, and I I just see it. It's it's going to get nothing but better, uh, and it's just such a sloppy taste uh, to to go through what we're going through, and. To, to be on the on the precipice of of possible you know decency on a regular basis, Kirk Cousins is, is our quarterback in 2017. He's going to do it on a one year deal, most likely because that's he's going to ha- have all the leverage. Unless Cleveland comes with like three first round picks or something stupid that makes you just have to take that call, he's our quarterback next season. If he's our quarterback next season, we're a really good team because we all agree he's good enough to be the difference maker in games. And, and when you have a, a, a guy like that who's touching the ball every single time on offense, it matters. And if he's and if he has the kind of season that we think he will because of that, he'll be a hot commodity once again, a hotter commodity once again, in, in a escalating salary cap environment, which, by the way, is why all these players are signing one-year deals because they all know it's coming. They all want to cash in. It's the smartest thing ever. Um, agents are... are, are, are Say, do the one-year deal. You're going to get nothing but paid. Kirk's doing the same thing. He's going to get nothing but paid. 
We're going to tag him again. If he wants out, he's going to have to sign the deal with us. I mean, I, I see us Well, and that's and that's going exactly why Terrell Pryor came here. Yeah. I mean, he looked at what was going on and said, okay, you know, and, and we, we lost Pierre and Deshaun, and he looked over there and thought, okay, I, I'm, he's going to be the number one receiver next year. I mean, no matter what Josh Dotson does, Terrell Pryor's probably going to be the one. And he thinks, man, I'm catching a thousand yards and seventy-seven catches from nobodies in Cleveland. Red Zone if Pryor, I'm the number one receiver for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean his his year next year. I mean, just assuming he stays healthy, is he's going to be a hundred catch, thirteen hundred yard, ten touchdown guy, and he is going to be rewarded for oh, yeah. that production. It's, and and he it's knows a great move by him. Here yep. he, Without a doubt. Oh, yeah, and, and, and you know what? Brilliant. They're just waking it's up. To, I think the your average player is just so much smarter right now. I mean, anyone who's still listening, I hope people are. We, we hope people listen to our show when they're driving into work and, you know, taking their lunch break. But, you know, these guys, I think this average player is wise, wising up to the fact that one year of work to lock in $8 million of cash, uh, you know, you can make that work for you over the, over the course of a lifetime, and and you still have a chance as long as you don't get you know dreadfully injured, uh, which is a risk they wear. But you would wear that risk for eight million dollars. Um, you know that that's what these guys. You know, I think that's what these guys are looking. They're saying, hey, listen, I can just lock up a pile of cash right this very second, and and gamble that next season I can get twice as much than I would have been able to get this season because of the way you know the way this is working. I mean, it's. Hey, let's link up NBA style, Terrell yeah. and Kirk. Let's do this for one year. Let's develop a thing. And let's go out in the open market. Let's see where you go. I'll come right there with you. Yeah. Let's do this this year. Maybe well, they, and, maybe and they go back what, to Cleveland. God bless so you guys. <laughs> we got you next year. Yeah. Well, that, and that's what says so much about Kirk is that a guy, apparently he turned down a, a four or five-year deal for a lot more money in Cleveland to play one year with Kirk Cousins and, and essentially – you know, I, I don't want to call it padding his stats, but when he and his agent spoke, I'm sure they said, look, you're going to get some balls in this offense. You know, and the air is gone. Yeah. Sean is he gone. He had six different quarterbacks last year. He had 1,000 yards. Right. He had a handful of touchdowns. And, and what he did, I, out, of, out of all the games I watched last year, which was all of them, no receiver worked Josh Norman like Terrell Pryor. He was too big? I mean, he ate his lunch. It was, it was a two-guard rotating on yeah, a power I mean, forward who's the best power forward in the nation. Yeah, they should have been throwing to him right. more than handing He's off. He's the baddest-ass big receiver in town. I they mean, should have won that game. All right, Julio Jones, sorry, but yeah, but he's more of a speed. This guy's a, I mean, mm. He has he has the ability right, to be that guy that uh, for the first month and a half of the season he's going to be a blow up fantasy player, um, which matters in the conversation because he's going to be on ESPN. He's going to be talked about. He's going to be generating numbers for for people all over the, this entire you know fantasy playing world uh, in this offense. He's go he's going to make a huge amount of money, but we could be the team that that keeps him. It, you know, because all of a sudden the decision on what to do with Kirk next year. All of a sudden, impacts. Hey, if we keep Kirk, can we keep can we keep Terrell Pryor? Uh, if we keep Kirk, can can we keep uh, you know Jameson Vernon and Jordan Happy and all you know if you know Chris you know Chris Thompson's you know 
in our plans. I mean, our offense is going to score a ridiculous amount of points next season. With Kirk. Uh, with Kirk. With Kirk. And that's what's going to happen. And, hey, Chris, first of all, we very very much appreciate your time. I know it's a cold spring um, for you, but you still managed to to gently rock us back into, into, into I guess, a happier state of mind with your jorts and Crocs wearing mason jar sipping ways. I've actually got the Crocs on tonight. It's too cold for the jorts, but what? I am rocking my Crocs and socks this evening. Oh, dude, no, I can't do it. It's like 34 degrees in North Carolina right now. Can't do it. Well, we appreciate you being on with us. On behalf of T, by the way, who's very happy with making a guy like Pryor earn it, earn that, yeah. earn that future deal, t- Terrell. Like, Are we saying Terrell or like, Terrell? Like T's earning the T bar right now for another downhill face first dive. Oh yes, that is correct. <laughs> Wait, are we saying Terrell or Terrell? Uh, Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor. Okay, just making sure. I've, yeah, I've yeah, been I think hearing it's it. Terrell. I'm dyslexic, and once I hear it two ways enough times, I can't decide sure. which one. Sure. Uh, I, he's going to. How awesome. about we just call him Senior? Senior, yeah, see, senior. Actually, we we need to, we need to call him something. Doc and senior on either side sound just about fine to me as long as Jameson shows up to play. Well, he needs with, a Game uh, of Thrones with, persona, with Mr. Reed. I mean, seriously, is he Tormund? He could be Tormund. Those four names I just said. Yeah. I mean, I know we're getting yeah. off here, but I know, I know, I know. All right, so uh, we got through some therapy tonight. We're coming back next week on on off season on the brink with a pledge to. To be to be honest and, and subjective about the the possibility to be happy about this team, and to and to kind of get excited again about what should be an exciting part of the season, uh, and not to look past anything, which we we're, we're we're vowing never to do again. No, not at all. But just like all for one, I swear. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and and some pinky swears, obviously, mm. a lot of pinky swears, Chris. And just don't think just because you're all the way in North Carolina on a deck somewhere or, or a pier, uh, who I don't know, you know, maybe just sitting in the back of a Vista Cruiser at a drive-in. I I don't know where you do these shows from. You know, I, <laughs> I can't say, but you're pinky swearing right now on on all of these matters. I'm on my side porch, actually. All right, all right. Well, is that? I thought you were going to say you just took a knee because <laughs> I just did, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I tapped out. On behalf of Tim Strachan <laughs> and Kevin Ricca and our very own Chris, I hate Dallas Hess. This is Ken Marangolo saying fare thee well to McLovin. This was the audible. <laughs>